I'm very pleased to meet with you today and to express a few thoughts that I hope will be helpful to you and to me. As I have had the opportunity of meeting with a number of you over the past few weeks, I'm impressed with your concern, even a grave concern over those things that come into your lives over which you have no control. When tragedy, sorrow, setback, disappointment, humiliation, wealth, unusual success, acclaim, and recognition come into our lives, what shall we do then? How do we cope with the unexpected? How do we do the, our best to meet those challenges and situations? Often we say, I wonder what I would do should that come into my life as it has into the life of a friend. How do we develop attitudes and strength that will see us through life's challenges. At the time of John the Baptist and our Savior Jesus Christ, there were those also at that time who had concern over the personal uncertainties of their lives and their futures and what conduct would be acceptable to the Savior and the great forerunner, John the Baptist. From Luke chapter 3, <clears throat> verses 10 to 14, I share, And the people ask him, saying, What shall we do then? Then came also the publicans to be baptized, and they said unto him, Master, what shall we do? And the soldiers likewise demanded of him, saying, and what shall we do? It is my firm conviction that when joy, sorrow, success, temporary failure, victory, hurt, misunderstanding, loss, etc., come into our lives, what we do with them is the key to the future. What we do with what happens to us is more important than what happens to us. The direction in which we are moving is more important than place or situation. We may have stumbled or been grievously hurt, but we have not fallen if we are willing to get back up. In preparation for my remarks today, I have asked some of you to help me. Some have written and shared questions and their concerns. Many of these are on hand. All are greatly appreciated and worthy. Time today will only permit me the opportunity of taking up a few. Hopefully, from those selected, one may relate to you today or tomorrow or in the future and give you strength. 
I would like to discuss them in keeping with the question from Luke chapter 3, verse 10, previously mentioned. What shall we do then? And share with you examples of worthy people who have known what to do with God's help when the unexpected has struck. The first question, sometimes happenings in life are cruel. You prepare, doing everything in your power to ready yourself for tests and important events, and then the uncontrollable strikes, stripping you of your potential. What shall we do then? In responding to that question, I want to use one more question given to me to help answer the first. Here it is. After much preparation and prayer for our first bowl game, why does the Lord allow our first-string quarterback to receive injuries in early in the game and reduce our chances of victory as millions of viewers looked on? It could have been such a great missionary tool. <laughs> Perhaps the best way to answer that question is to uh, review the facts. It's the first quarter. BYU is leading six to nothing. Shidey injures his shoulder. What shall we do then? Do we quit? No, we re rally around a less experienced quarterback. We dig in. We play harder. We give it our all. We press for victory. We're seen by millions, and we're proud to be seen by millions. The determined men representing the school then knew what to do, and thank the Lord they did it. It was a good missionary tool. I saw maturity. I saw character. I saw quality on that football field. And I commend Coach Edwards and his associates for knowing what to do and for hanging in there tough. I'm pleased to note that Coach Edward was selected as a Utah Sportsman of the Year yesterday for his record and for his image. Second question. Recently we have been shocked at the tragic deaths of full-time missionaries. What shall we do as family members and friends in relationship to our Heavenly Father when this is allowed to strike us. Some of you from Honolulu will know Tony Sanchez. Others like President Riggs may have known him and did know him in this Louisiana Shreveport mission. I never knew Tony Sanchez as a missionary. I only knew him as a hospital patient in the St. Francis Hospital in Honolulu where his state president invited me to go and see him following a serious injury on a tricky bar or recreation bar from which he had fallen and broken his back. And there he was resting motionless in that hospital. As we went in to see him, the thought crossed my mind, what do I say? 
what can we indicate to him to give him hope? As we walked around the corner of his room, saw his mother standing at his hospital bed and Tony completely immobile, unable to talk. I think the only thing he was able to move at that time were his eyeballs. While I was wondering what I should say to Tony and to his mother, his mother spoke first and said, Elder Ashton, I've always wanted to be a nurse, and I've never had the opportunity. Now I have the opportunity to be a nurse to my son. Later she said, Elder Ashton, I hope we'll have the opportunity of sending our other son into the mission field. Just because we have lost one is no sign our other son should be deprived of the opportunity. I understand following the death of Tony in that hospital a few days later, that the mother and the father and the family have their desire, and Tony's brother is in the language training school on campus today, preparing himself to go to South America on a mission. It was interesting when someone said, could I help with funds for Tony's brother's mission? They said no. We had a little money left over from Tony's insurance, and that's going toward his mission. A tremendous example to me, and I hope to you, as to what shall we do then? Third question, I am about to marry. My husband-to-be and I want nothing more than continuing happiness throughout our marriage. We know that unforeseen challenges and even disappointments may come. If tragedy strikes our marriage, what shall we do then? Last month, Sister Zina Card Brown, wife of Elder Hubie Brown of the Council of the Twelve, passed away. At the time, they had been married 66 years. Let me share Elder Brown's thoughts expressed just a few weeks before her passing. Eight years ago, my sweetheart Zina suffered a massive stroke that took her speech and left her totally paralyzed. The doctor said she probably would not survive the week. As our children surrounded her bed, I pled with the Lord to spare her life. Then I spoke to her, though she was unconscious. I reminded her that through the years of our married courtship, we had planned and hoped to make the final trip together. I told her I wanted what was best for her and our Father's will, but life would seem so empty without her presence. I think the Lord in his mercy permitted Zina her choice. She could travel on to immortality and rest or remain and bless us with her exhibition of quiet faith, patience, and fortitude. Characteristically, she chose to do what she knew would give her the greatest comfort in doing what was best for us, unmindful of her own tribulations. 
hers is a truly Christ-like love. Our entire family has been blessed and benefited by her unselfish sacrifice in our behalf. And please note this final comment in answer to what shall we do then. Noble characters do not alone bear trouble. They use them. Fourth, some of our closest friends are not totally committed to the church. The fellows don't honor their priesthood, and the girls are only conveniently active. We like them for what they are. We don't want to strain our choice relationships. Talk seems to do no good at all. What shall we do then? Shortly before Christmas, in answer to this query, I had the opportunity of going to the hospital at the request of a mother whose 55-year-old son was in serious condition. As we met with them and tried to give them comfort, the 55-year-old son had his son at the hospital bed with him as well. And the afflicted one said, Elder Ashton, would it be possible for you to give me a blessing? And we nodded approval, and I looked at a 30-year-old son, and I said, Are you an elder? He said, Yes, I'm an elder, but he said, Don't ask me to put my hands on my father. I'm not worthy to give him a blessing or to share a blessing with you. And he backed away. And I said, Albert, How'd you like to be worthy for 10 minutes? Couldn't you be worthy for 30 minutes while you help me give your father a blessing? He nodded his head and he said, I think I could be worthy for 10 minutes. While he was walking close to the side of the bed, I said, if you can do it for 10 minutes, you can do it for 30 minutes, can't you? He said, yes. And I said, if you can do it for 30 minutes, you can do it for a day, can't you? And about then I felt he figured we'd better get on with the blessing or he'd be committed. <laughs> but we gave his father a blessing, and when it was over, he said, Thank you for letting me be worthy for ten minutes. I can be worthy for a day. No one's ever put it up to me like that before. I will be worthy. I leave that with you in answer to this question, perhaps, my friends, the best way to uh, have some of our friends who are not quite as active as they should be, to involve them. I don't know of anything that would be more important and have more impact upon an inactive person than for you to call and say, would you help me administer to my wife or my roommate? or my friend. Give them an opportunity to shape up for a period of time. Question number five, given to me by one of you. 
terminal illnesses like cancer seem to be striking more free, with more frequency among our age group. We fast, pray, and try to help families so afflicted, but feel so helpless. What shall we do then? I would like to share a mother's comment as she was tending a 29-year-old daughter. Even Christine Jacobson Cannon buried Saturday. The mother said, We thank our Heavenly Father that we had Christine for all of 1974 and that count each day as a bonus. How close we have become during her illness. We're filling every hour with the most we can. I had the opportunity of seeing faith, courage, character, and fight in one so sorely afflicted with this terminal disease. I thank her for what she did for me in exhibiting what shall we do then? Question number six. I have been somewhat successful in school with grades, popularity, leadership, recognition, etc. I am proud and pleased with these developments, but I am concerned about my becoming self-sufficient and even arrogant. When I feel the dangers of these possibilities, what shall I do then? I'm reminded of what President Spencer W. Kimball said at the dedication of the Washington Temple. Oh God, bless all people that they may prosper, but not more than their faith can stand. Oh, Father, he continued, in blessing thy people with prosperity, we pray that they may not be surfeited with flocks and herds and acres and barns and wealth, which could bring them to worship these false gods. Taking freedom with President Kimball's admonition, may I, for our purpose today, say, Oh God, do not bless us with more stocks, bonds, properties, automobiles, or credit cards than our faith can stand, or more than our parents can bear. <laughs> A worthy prayer, fellow students. Dear God, in all the days ahead, bless me with what I need and what I can stand, but not with what I want. I'm thinking of Johnny Miller. What is it they're calling him today? 25 under Miller? The greatest challenge he has today is how to handle and how to meet and how to cope with success. I pray the Lord will help him meet that. He said that his next goal is to shoot in the 50s. I want him to know I'm a little ahead of him. I'm going to shoot in the 40s. 
Coach Tucker and Coach Millett have indicated I might make that in the spring, and if I do, I'm going to go back and play the back nine. <laughs> Bless us, O oh God, that we may not have more success than we can stand. I know some today say I'd like to have that challenge, but believe me, it is real and it is difficult in how we cope with what happens to us, good or bad. Seventh, with each passing day, I miss my mother more. She was taken from us in death when I was ten. I know it is not wise, but on occasion I allow myself pity and poor performance excuses for this loss in my life. When I get in these moods, what shall I do then? In answer, I share this with you. A friend of mine lost his mother when he was 11. He almost died at 13 with typhoid fever. Then smallpox almost took him later on in his teens. Later, cancerous throat conditions and an operation took away his voice. Bell's palsy of the face muscles followed this affliction. Heart deterioration made heart surgery necessary at age 77. Know who my friend is? President Spencer W. Kimball. I bear witness today that one of the reasons he is a prophet is because, with God's help, in every condition, he knew what to do then. As we go through the rest of the days of our lives, now is the time for decision-making. What am I going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? When tomorrow comes with challenges, opportunities, successes, joys, or disappointments, we must be ready to perform effectively when what shall we do then becomes now. We are all different. God in his wisdom has so created us. Only we can determine what we will do with what happens to us. What we do with what happens to us is more important than what happens to us. Certainly with God's help, we can do what is right. What shall we do then? Let us resolve to so live that the Lord can say to us, as he did the prophet Joseph Smith in some of his darkest, most trying hours, my son... He said, Peace be unto thy soul. Thine adversity and thine afflictions shall be but a small moment, and then, if thou endure it well, God shall exalt thee on high, and thou shalt triumph over all thy foes. God lives, He is our Father. He knows us. He stands ready to help us. 
He has placed us here in life to see what we will do under all conditions. It is a time of trial and tribulation and testing. Often we would prefer to have this cup pass rather than go through the consequences. We must never lose sight of the fact that often success, popularity, and fame are more difficult to live with than the uneventful calm or even tragedy. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things he suffered or the things he experienced. We came into this life for experience, and that's all we can take out of it. Thank God we have the right to decide personally and individually what we shall do then. The future belongs to those who know what to do with it. Look forward to the unknown with optimism and with confidence. Look to tomorrow with happy expectancy, realizing that with God's help, I can do all things. You and your Heavenly Father can make right decisions together, and with His companionship, I promise you success. I leave you my witness that Jesus is the Christ, and that God is our Father, and that Spencer W. Kimball is a prophet of God. If you would know what to do in the days ahead, follow the counsel and leadership of the prophet of God. I again bear witness to you that we have no need to fear. The only thing we have to fear is what we are going to do with what comes, not what comes. May our Heavenly Father help us to go forward with a firm resolve that I am bigger than anything that can happen to me. And with God's help, I will be victorious, and I will make proper decisions and carry them out to the benefit of myself and those who depend upon me. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.